Lord. Uh, Fred, the uh, for, the forecast here, the like Saturday in Toronto, we had some showers and then it, it sort of drifted away. But not that far from us, like Rochester, where they were playing that golf tournament. And I guess that maybe that affected you, Dan. It never stopped raining almost all Saturday. Like, pretty, as you say, pretty hard, then soft, then heavy. Yeah. In Brampton, it hardly rained at all. It was uh, when I woke up to the pitter-patter of the rain on the roof, but then it stopped early in the morning, and that was it. Well, that's because Brampton is a magical, magical land. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Magic, I mean, it was overcast. Magical it wasn't nice. <clears throat> it no. was fall-like. But um, So we, should we go through each day <laughs> where, where we were? <laughs> I will tell you, a lot of people are surprised well, you, know, you were not at the lake. Yes, a lot of people. But no, getting back to that question, should we go through every day of the long weekend and talk yeah. about the weather? And where we were in particular. And right? uh, what we were thinking? Because it could be three different stories. Right? Oh, well, that would take up the whole show. Uh, but but yeah. as before. <laughs> <laughs> resting heart rate, everyone. Resting, resting heart rate. Heart. Who has the shits? What's the forecast like? That's uh, the beginning of our uh, jingle. I'll tell you what. Why don't we get to the surprise of the people at the park where they said is the great Fred Patterson. But first, here's the great Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our Brampton facility with a pool, and from Lisa's house in Peterborough. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, evnet.ca, Arkadec Outdoor Living, and our newest returning sponsor, Alma Pasta. And now here are two men who, if they ever get a hole in one, will wonder why they have had another it's humble and fred yeah another another guy in my uh friend group at the golf course got a hole in one some point on the long weekend and i was just looking at the group chat you know big video of him coming up to the hole the excitement around the group and i was reading further down it was his fourth hole in one that's four you know, it's statistically possible for it to never happen, for me to never get a hole-in-one. And I'm okay with that. Anyway. Did it bother you that the PGA guy got that? Well, I'm going to get to that. That was one of the most incredible things I've seen in a major sporting championship. And here's how I know it was uh, more than just uh, golf, because you heard about it. That's a great. That's a great indicator uh, how that story went. Um, not just viral, but how it was reported everywhere. But yeah. let's. But, but, but that's. We'll, we'll get to that, Dan. Great. Uh, but first, why was what was the park buzz like that the great Fred Patterson stayed in Bramptonia? Uh, well, it was just like well, everybody was asking where he was, mm. and then it's like they couldn't understand why he wasn't there. And then when I said, well, you know, the rain on Saturday, and then everybody shook their head knowingly. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. And then we moved on. <laughs> yeah, it used to be, you know, I didn't care. If it was raining, you'd huddle inside and think, oh, look at the rain on the lake, and it's nice to be here. Well, you know, things change. <laughs> Unless the weather's, like, very pleasant, it's not much of an appetite. It might be age. It might be fatigue. I don't know. Listen, I think it's analogous to what I just said, analogous to what I said about there was a time, like, I've played in this tournament 
in St. Thomas probably 15 times in my life. It's a, it's a big deal, and I look forward to it every year. And this year, I said to you on Thursday after the show, I said, I don't think I'm going to do this. There was a couple things. There was, a, there was other factors. One of them was that Spencer had a, a sketch comedy show that they were in at this theater in Toronto, and I thought the shows were Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, but they were only Wednesday and Friday. I'd already missed the Wednesday show. And so canceling this appearance at this golf tournament allowed me to go to the show on Friday night. It was great. It was a lot of fun, but it was, I really felt good about going to it because I would have felt like I'd missed this opportunity anyway. But to what you said about the weather, you know, there was a time I wouldn't have minded it being 11 degrees and teeing it up on a golf course with light rain. But I just don't have uh, the interest anymore. Hey, what was it? What was it like uh, for you being the dad going to a comedy show, a sketch comedy show, and you're watching Spencer on the stage? It was great. Like, did, did you feel awkward at I all? Did, like, I, oh, I did only that's... because some of the subject matter was a bit sexual. <laughs> and, uh, not that it bothered me, but I, I think like it was. What? Well, it's, it's it's all the show they put together. It was kind of like a Second City show. Um, at this uh, theater in the East End, and, and it was uh, the subject matter was it was called Internet Sensation. It was very a lot of a lot of stuff about dating on the internet and stuff. And you know there were some you know racier moments, but I'm you know they were more Spencer was more worried about me than I. I said I'll be fine, honey. I've you know and I've done a, her, I've done a dirty show with Fred for thirty three years. What was her um was she on stage? Yes, she, she was one of the four. It? No, one of the oh, four okay. people in the in the show. Because she's more into the behind the scenes than in front of the camera or on the stage. A little she, bit of both. Generally? You know, she still goes out for auditions and stuff. But anyway, getting back to the point being, what you said about years gone by, you'd have been All right a, back to the weather. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, but it's also back to the age that we are. You know, there was a time you wouldn't have missed this weekend, no matter what the no matter what the rain is. Here's how here's how old I'm getting. Part of the thing with me now, it's like unless the weather's perfect, my, part of my mindset is okay. Now I have to get my bag and put my clothes in it and get extra food and put it in the truck and drive up there. And it's like. I never used to think of those things, and now it's like it's almost like a chore as opposed to a thrill. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think this is what we're what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to you know relate it to you that mm -hmm. there was a time I would have been happy to drive to St. Thomas and spend the yeah. weekend there. Yeah, freezing um, and playing you know golf now and and and. I know the weather is a big topic on this show, but I, listen, I, I, huge, we, huge. I, I can segue to shitting yourself just like that. I got a great, <laughs> I have a great shitting yourself clip. I was kind of saving for a bit. I was thinking we should have a new feature, uh, shit yourself Wednesday. And then on Wednesdays, <laughs> people email or, you know, send us, you know, voice recordings of yes. their, when it's happened to them. Yes, we should. Happen to everyone. Oh my Shit goodness! Yourself Wednesday. Do you think we could get a sponsor? Oh, let me. Let, you know what? Let me take it back to the crew. Uh, here is a clip of uh, funny man John Lovitz talking about both aging and shitting yourself. I was talking with my tennis teacher about aging, and I realized with age comes confidence. For example, a half hour ago, I shit my pants. I've yet to wipe. Because I'm confident that eventually it will dry out and cake off. 
<laughs> Cake off. <laughs> The funniest part of that is my tennis I was instructor. <laughs> no, no, it's just so fucking ridiculous. Talking with my tennis teacher about aging, and I realize with age comes confidence. I just love that with age comes confidence. For example, a half hour ago, I shit my pants. <laughs> I've yet to wipe because I'm confident that eventually it will dry out and cake off. Then he just stares at the camera and smiles. So you see how that all came together. Shit Yourself Wednesdays on the Humble and Fred Show is brought to you by Squatty Potty. (laughs) Yeah. It's Shit Yourself Wednesdays. Anyway, uh, yeah, there is definitely something about uh, this age in terms of my my interest in being cold. I have no interest in it anymore. Right. Like, I played golf on Sunday and Monday, and Sunday, as I told you, it was still, Dan, I don't know what it was like at the, the park, but it still had that chill in the air, and a, for most of the round Sunday morning, we started at 8 in the morning, and for the first couple hours, I had four layers and long pants on. Yeah, there was a bit of a chill in the air in the morning, yeah. I get that. But, you know, now let's, maybe, what about Friday? We haven't touched on Friday. What's Friday like? <laughs> I think I, I think I opened my pool on Friday. It was somewhat pleasant. Or that may have been Thursday after the show that I opened the pool. Let me check with Dahl. Do, do you want us to weigh? Oh, Dahl. Oh, Dahl. Oh, Dahl. <laughs> oh, We're having an, an intense discussion. Listen, man, I brought something different to the party. I brought the shit yourself clip. If you don't want to talk about the mm. weather, what do you want to talk about? This is just warming up. We're just warming up for a new week. <laughs> well, you know, the Jays suck. We could talk about that. They really suck. Uh, you know. Is it a temporary well, suck? No, no, no. Just wait. I don't know. Just, no, forget it. Like, where's that going to go now? Because the weather is so relatable to the three of us. But, yeah, I've heard the Jays suck. But what else do you want to talk about? Well, they, the dome was open for a couple of those days when I thought it was a bit cool. Ooh, what, days was <laughs> what days were those? That's weather related. What days were those? <laughs> Who's uh, how I understand uh, Florida still uh, is Florida still winning every game they play. Yeah, I just noticed this morning. I am I can't watch Florida after what I went through with the Leafs. Uh, but they went up three nothing on Carolina last night with a one nothing victory. So Florida's one win away from going to the Stanley Cup final. So doesn't it doesn't it make you feel somewhat better to know that Florida not just uh, beat the the beef, the Leafs didn't just play poorly, but Florida is now seen as they're the, they're the dominant team right now uh, in that side of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Nah, nah, I don't really think that way. I know what you're saying, and I probably could, but it's still <laughs> Leafs should have beat that team. What's the uh, weather like during these uh, games in Florida? I don't know, Howie. Oh, uh, probably warm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably very, very warm. Is it supposed to, Dan, you're a former weatherman. Is it supposed to be warmer than it is right yep. now? Yep. Because uh, it's supposed to go, it's going up to like 24 here today. But then tomorrow, it's going back down to 13, with yeah. winds gusting 47 kilometers. Well, I see next week it's ramping up into the 20s. So. Yeah, by the weekend, it's going to be uh, yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll see if Fred makes a, an appearance. Yeah. Will you? What is your uh, What's your thoughts about this weekend? Will we see you at I think uh, me and my, I Jellystone think me and, Park? 
I think me and my sweet, my me and my sweet will maybe head up on Thursday. Johnny Slapshot has his first baseball game on Wednesday night, and there's no way. I mean, I don't want to miss it either, but Delise, being a baseball fanatic that she's mm. turned into, can't wait to watch him play baseball. So we'll be doing that Wednesday night, and then maybe going up on Thursday and staying till Sunday or Monday. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. But they've had a lot of warm weather out west. Well, no, Western Canada's on fire, Dan. Yeah, I've noticed. Actually, I talked to my, or I texted my brother to ask him about because I spent a couple of uh, summers helping him build his cottage in uh, BC in, on uh, Maple Lake. Yeah, the interior, uh, Ma- there, Ma- right? Maple Lake, yeah, in the interior, and then, and it was <laughs> like we were watching forest fires across the lake. Oh, so Christ! It was, uh, it was very. He said it was in Calgary. It wasn't like that. So it was, there was weather advisories on all weekend about uh, air quality index stuff, but it is a lot worse. Like right about now in, uh, you know, in, around the Toronto area, it's supposed to be about 21 is the maximum, the daily high. That's average. Speaking of a fire hazard, though, what's going on with your hobo trailer? Is that, uh, is that still livable? <laughs> Are you still able to live in there? Has that not been uh, condemned by the uh, park? It's just old. It's not condemned. There's, no, I don't fine. think it could catch fire, Howard, because the entire frame <laughs> is all wet and soggy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll go along here. Yeah. <laughs> That's awful. And the rest is tin. So it's not yeah. really, it's not fire friendly. It's explosion friendly. Like if there's a gas leak. <laughs> if there's a gas leak, that son of a bitch will blow across the lake. But yeah. Hopefully our boy Dan would Dan, be why can't is I don't know what the rules are, but I mean I know trailers are expensive. Yeah, they are. Is it possible that you could just dock like a houseboat in front of your Oh, I've been thinking about that. Houseboat in front there. I mean, because you and I, in our earlier days as young men, we were houseboat aficionados. We did several trips on interior in the in the interior of BC. But is that allowable to get like a trailer uh, that's a houseboat? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the park would think about that. But it's it's allowable to to anchor Mm. a houseboat in the lake, obviously. So that would be something. I've, I've in the back of my mind, and I've had this discussion with Lisa about how to, how to do that. You know, if you could spend the summer on a houseboat, you'd have to get two boats. You'd have to get the houseboat. Be comfortable with it just being, you know, like wherever it is while you, you know, go to town and stuff like that. Or, you know, take a day off. By the way, when you, say, when you say go to town, are you talking about something sexual? <laughs> <laughs> no. You got to be Actually, comfortable, you know, uh, when you go to town. Right. But, you know, uh, I'll go ahead. No, I was just, yeah, but I, but I think there's uh, mooring rules around, you know, like, uh, like uh, Canada parks or whatever. I think 21 okay. days or something. Where you the, um, I, I, this is interesting because we've had this conversation before. Oh, is this more and, interesting than the weather? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is about, you know, the thought, could you put a houseboat at the dock and stay in that at the park? And, there are so many issues that could arise from that. Number one, you might be able to find a houseboat where the engine is shot, so you would get it for a good price and just anchor it or just dock it and live on it. But um, then you have to consider the other um, park residents. It's like, would it impede my view of the lake, this big boathouse at a dock? Because mm-hmm. I know if somebody else got a houseboat and put it at their dock and it was in Dan's sight line 
he might have something to say about it, especially if it didn't look good. So these issues could arise um, based on the people around you. Would it be fair to others to have this big obstruction on the lake? Fred makes a good point. Oh, doesn't he? Uh, I have a story about Dan Duran. I'm not sure if you want it now or when Dan returns uh, for the news. Is this like a Dan Duran history? Yeah, Dan Duran. This day, we should do that, too. So let's see. We've got Shit Yourself Wednesdays. And then on Mondays, it could be this day in Dan Duran history. <laughs> hey, I've got a quirky Dan Duran story, too, but I will balance it with a quirky story of my, my own so it doesn't sound like I'm picking, we're picking on him. Well, my story's not picking on Dan. My story is okay. a story of Dan Duran's celebration, my friend. What? Yes. Yes. It's the kind of story that nobody has ever said about you and I. Really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. So I'll tell you what. I will save my story (laughs) for when Dan Duran returns to do the news. Are you returning for the news today, Dan Duran? Well, now I am. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I have a story of celebration that uh, every man... It's the kind of story every man dreams that somebody would tell about them. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to wow. save that for the Dan Duran, just before the Dan Duran news. Are you going to play the song Celebrate while you're... Come on! Celebrate! Come on! You know that song? No, yeah. no I don't. I've never... Celebrate! <laughs> no, I, I don't, Come on! I, I don't. Please sing more of it. Come on! That's the only words I know. Oh, we're going to have a party tonight or something? We're going yes, to have uh, a party tonight. Yeah, keep that's going. That's right. No, I forget. I you, that song. No, I like that song. Because, but I like you singing it, again, uh, yeah. much more than the uh, the weather reports. Come on! <laughs> Who did that song? I can't remember anymore. Well, it's Cool and the Gang, not just oh, Cool. All right. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Cool and the Gang. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so do you want to tell your story of uh, Dan Duran? Uh, do we like, I mean, it is this day in Dan Duran history. I mean, oh no, that's my at, at, at the news. What I'm saying, like, I, I do you want to tell the story that that would seem like you're picking on Dan Duran, and then you can also then couple that with the story about your own ineptitude, and then I'll say the celebration okay. of Dan Duran. No, it's funny because Dan, I was with Dan a couple of weeks ago and observed something and he said something to me and I thought, wow, that's funny. And then I thought of something myself that I've done. Anyway, Dan Dan and I are having dinner in the Tin Palace and I looked up at the windows and I said, oh, my windows are dirty. Oh, yes. I got to clean my windows. And Dan said, oh, nothing bugs me more than a dirty window. I think we had part of, didn't we have part of this discussion? Was it off the air or on the air? Yeah, it was off the air. Oh, okay. And he said, yeah, and he said, by the way, he said, as a matter of fact, when I was in Mexico, the condo that we rented, the windows were really, really dirty, and it drove me crazy. I said, oh, and yeah. He said, so I cleaned them. And I said, what? (laughs) I said, what floor was the condo on? What floor was it on, Dad? It was the fourth floor. Then I said, you cleaned them? How the fuck did you clean the windows on the outside? He goes, yeah. And I said, how? Like how? He said, oh, I just opened them and I leaned out and I cleaned them so that we could see them. And I thought, that's amazing because I don't think I would ever think of 
doing that, like fourth floor condo, you rent it. That's their responsibility. But Dan, like so industrious from that standpoint, it's like those windows are going to bug me for the next few days. I want to look out those windows. So screw it. I'm going to clean them. Well, that's totally true. Yeah, but I also well, because I also think that's was a celebration like, of Dan Durant. That's not uh, yes. uh, an indictment. That's a celebration. No, I just would you do? You wouldn't do that. I, I won't do it. I won't do it here. And I've been here for seven years. I'd be on the phone with the Airbnb people saying, "I can't see through these windows. Can you come and clean them, please?" That's what I would be doing. However, I'm about to contradict myself because I thought, "Wow, that's something." But it was a few years ago, three or four years ago now that. Uh, my buddy Doug and Darren and I went and rented a house in uh, Tarpon Springs, Florida for a week. I think it was in the fall to go golfing. And it looked like a nice place, but when we arrived, it was really dirty. So the guy that opened the place for us and was sort of bullshitting us about the place because he had said he had changed the bedding and everything, and he hadn't. Oh, that's right. It was dirty. Oh, it was dirty. So I'm looking around. I'm seeing, like, the counters dirty, and the fridge had all these smudge marks on it. So while the guy's telling us all this bullshit, I actually grabbed a cloth, and I started cleaning the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) And Doug and Darren thought that was hilarious because I was so, like... This place is creepy. That in front of the guy, I start cleaning the fridge. So I thought, who am I to question Dan's cleaning of windows four stories up, leaning out of a window? Yeah, but you're. I mean, listen, I, my, again, celebrate, celebrate, Duran. Come on. Um, yours is a little bit different in that you know you were trying to make the living area more sanitary because I would do that. I, I, if I found if it was dirty counters and whatever, I would clean it. Because I wouldn't want to, especially thinking about other people's grime, <laughs> cleaning the fourth floor windows of your condo. That's next level Dan Duran stuff. Again, that's yeah. true. Oh. That, again, that's true. And again, because I would not have done that. No yeah. aspersions your way, Dan. But again, <clears throat> then you being you're very again your your quirkiness is your delight. But then why why question the fact that I wanted the cupboards closed and you know the dishes. In the in the dishwasher, which is right next to the sink, by the way, in case in case you right. weren't sure where that was. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you have a hypersensitivity to that. But Just like I do. I wait, 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 wait. You have I have a hypersensitivity. You you cleaned the windows of a condo you were staying in for five days. You yeah. don't think that's on the outside? On the outside. Them on the outside. You don't not think the that, inside. You don't think it's not even your place. You don't even think that's hypersensitivity. In my in my defense, though, I mean, yes. it was right in, on the ocean, and the ocean spray had come up on the windows, and it looked like the ocean was foggy the whole time. So, okay, all right. I thought that this is and right. This is not. This is not. You know what I thought of Howard? I thought of the night we were all at the trailer, and somebody came up the road and said, "Listen, I got some bad news. Dan Duran's been injured." We said, "What?" And he said, "Him and Lumby were." Horsing around with a chainsaw doing something that bounced up and hit Dan in the face. And we're like, oh, my God, that's awful. How is he? But anyway, I'm just thinking forward to the condo thing. Mm-hmm. Going, Dan Duran won't be returning from uh, Mexico. <laughs> that's right. He fell out of a fourth floor window. What was he doing? Was he trying to save a baby? <laughs> was he, he must have been trying to save a baby. Surely. Dan leaned out, <laughs> land Dan leaned out too far. Wait, wait. Dan's been yeah. injured trying to save a baby? No, no. He was no, just. No, that would, that would kill him, Howard. Four floor. <laughs> oh, no. No, him. I'm saying he wasn't, out, he wasn't yeah. trying to save a baby. He was just cleaning the windows. Oh, right. Yeah. That reminds me of the time. <laughs> baby Again, would be better. Like, this is today in Dan Duran history. The time we went to that 
Chinese food restaurant around Baldwin Street, right in the heart of Chinatown here in Toronto. And it was basically a restaurant. There wasn't even a restaurant. It was like somebody's kitchen. Great, great food. We get in there and it's all, uh, what's that light you, lighting you hate? Fluorescent. Fluorescent. Uh, it was fluorescent. all fluorescent lighting. Yeah. <laughs> there was a fluorescent bulb light above our table and Dan Duran unscrewed it. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm trying to create some ambience. I go, we're eating. Dan, we're eating in somebody's kitchen. <laughs> I don't know what ambience you were trying to create, but the, that guy right over here, uh, arm's length away, is making the food. <laughs> it was great. What are you so, going to do? Tell me, or fuck it? Yeah, tell me again how uh, sensitive I am to the, to the windows and the doors. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Listen, and <laughs> yeah. I, when we come back, though, I promise you a Dan Duran story for the ages. Right. Right. Okay. All right. D-A-N-D-U-R-A-N-R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Uh, also on the show today, we're going to talk to our old friend and uh, music uh, expert and just a wonderful guy, Ivor Hamilton, uh, talking about a... Uh, a big high school reunion and giving us an update on the uh, CFNY documentary. But first, how about an update from Fred? Well, uh, Tim Niblett's a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Timmy will be by tomorrow. Yes, he will. And he will talk about whether you should change your portfolio as you get older. A lot of aspects, a lot of things to consider. You know, uh... The bottom line is comfort level. Like, you have to know where you're heading and uh, are you on track for your retirement? Because we're all living a little bit longer nowadays, so something to consider. Should you change your portfolio as you get older? He's the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. Archidec.com. We've been talking about this uh, new-ish sponsor, Fess, uh, for the last couple of weeks. If you're planning a backyard project, now is the right time to call them at 647-775-9222. They're a full-service turnkey building partner for their clients. That means they help create the design right down to an exacting level of detail. And then they make sure it gets built to your exact specifications, your backyard, your way done right. It makes it simpler for the clients. They source materials, make sure it meets building code requirements. Prepare the construction plans, apply for permits if they're needed, and manage the job site. Archidec.com. A-R-C-H-A-D-E-C-K. Archidec Outdoor Living. Archidec.com. Yeah, maybe when we uh, talk to Ivor about this uh, big-time uh, high school reunion here in Toronto, we can talk about the fact that uh, one of the alumni is the uh, very famous Russell Peters, who uh, is also in the news. He's uh, signed on with the uh, a bunch of guys trying to buy the Ottawa Senators. I don't have the story right in front of me, but uh, where is it? Uh, here we go. Ottawa. Canadian comedian Russell Peters joins bid, including... This is the one, I guess... The Neck, the Neko or Nico Sparks Group bidding for the centers includes Snoop Dogg, Donovan Bailey. Oh, they're all together? That one? Yeah, oh. Russell Peters. Yeah, so it's Nico Sparks, Donovan Bailey, Snoop Dogg, and Russell Peters. Based on the main problem with that franchise... As you've pointed out to me, the location of the rink. Isn't that the main issue? Yeah, but that's 
Ryan Reynolds is pulled out because a part of that is, I think it's LeBreton or LeBreton Flats or something right downtown. They want that to be part of the deal, a land consideration where a new rink can be built. And that's sort of a gray area right now. So the Reynolds group pulled out. But yeah, that's been their detriment. It's out in um, Canada. Like when you're driving to Ottawa, you pass the rink, and then you're driving for a while before you get to downtown Ottawa. So that, yeah, as you mentioned to me before, is will that be addressed? I would imagine. I, I think that's all part of the of the mix. Um, again, I don't know the exact details, but none of those guys you mentioned have Ryan Reynolds. Money. Sparks does. I guess. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's an LA-based entrepreneur, says, and chief oh, okay. technology officer at an AI company. I'm, I'm not sure what his net is, but it's pretty big. But I say collectively, although even Ryan Reynolds, I think a lot of it was somebody else's money, but he would be the face. You know, it's good. Sports seems to be going that way now. You have a, a face. Of a lot of people have faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here, Peters, I didn't know this about Russell, that he was the first in 2013, the first stand-up comic to get a Netflix comedy special. Was he really? He ranked uh, third on Forbes' top 10 list of highest earning comedians that year. Wow. I don't think he's there anymore, but he's earned a, uh, you're the net worth guy. He's got to be worth $100 million. Oh, I would say, yeah. You would think. You want to guess that? Go, yeah, go ahead and look. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? So why? Back to your point about the, having a face or a celebrity association to these franchises now. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the Ryan and Rob model for Wrexham, which is you know the marketing is really the thing. It's not the franchise anymore. So what's Russell Peters? Seventy five. It says not bad. Yeah, not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventy-five million. They Got valued the, the uh, or two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he could, he could, uh, he'd have a nice houseboat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forbes recently valued the senators. I think we've mentioned this before at eight hundred million U.S. Yeah, which is surprising because you know it's completely unattractive in the United States. You know, the Ottawa Senators to the type of team, if you were a season ticket holder with, like, the Rangers or something, it's like, hey, I got a pair of tickets tonight. It's the Senators, but you want them? Yeah, yeah. Really, that's the way it is. And uh, But, you know, what Gary Bettman has done for the NHL, you cannot argue. A lot of people criticize him, and, you know, he ignores Canada. But his job is to create wealth for NHL owners, and he's done a great job. There's just no doubt about it. Curious you brought <clears throat> curious you brought that up because mm-hmm. for some reason and this came up yesterday in a round of golf was just joined up me and my buddy joined up with a couple people and uh, at some point in the, ra- the we were talking golf but at some point in the mm-hmm. round this man said yeah Jay Monahan has wrecked the PGA Tour the way Bettman has wrecked the NHL and I said well I'm unaware of that I I don't know what that means is mm-hmm. that is that the prevailing attitude about Gary Bettman well yeah I think. People think there's too many teams, which, listen, if somebody's willing to give you 600 million, you always got to put yourself in the position of other people. Sometimes it's difficult, but if I'm an NHL owner and they come to me and say Seattle's willing to pay $600 million for an expansion franchise, you listen. Well, why wouldn't you? 
And there's a lot of people, like you look at the Arizona uh, Arizona Coyotes, who just lost an arena deal again last week that play in a 4,500-seat arena. Well, Batman really wants that market to work. So you think, why wouldn't he move that to Quebec City or some mm-hmm. other? Well, because he sits behind a desk with all his bean counters, and it doesn't make sense right now. Like, there's no other explanation. The reason... He's not big on expansion teams in Canada or bringing teams to Canada is because it's not the best thing for business. And he's a businessman. Yeah. And that's the owners, hard to accept, but that's the reality. And those other people that own the teams make money when an expansion team comes into the league and they make mm-hmm. money from the bigger U.S. markets. Interesting and curious. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you talk about bringing a, an expansion team to Canada. Spencer and I went on Saturday night to the movies, and it was the Blackberry movie. Oh, right. Okay. You know, a great... By the way, you don't have to see this movie in the theaters, but we just went. And uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes out, when you can get it on streaming, watch it. It's fascinating. But part of it, not not just the Mm -hmm. creation of the, the world of cell phones and smartphones... But there's the side story of Balsilli trying to bring the Pittsburgh Penguins to Hamilton mm-hmm. and how he was pretty close. And according to the movie, he was in a meeting in New York with Bettman at the last second. They vetoed the, the, the board of governors of the NHL, vetoed the move because Balsilli had some shady stuff going on on the side because they didn't realize what he was going to do. He, he wanted to buy the Penguins, but he, was, he didn't tell them of, their, of their, his plans to bring them to Cops Coliseum. Right. Which, inco- which kind of... The queue as far as protocol goes. Well, and mm-hmm. kind of goes to our point. They didn't want yeah. the Penguins moving to Hamilton, and of course the Leafs didn't want it either. You know, that's why Winnipeg is so lucky that they got Atlanta a few years ago because, like Arizona, like Quebec has this 20,000 or 19,000 seat state-of-the-art arena, but the NHL's gone, ah, geez, we'd rather put it in a different market. At the same time, Houston, they think, would be a great market. Kansas City would be a great market. They don't want to move an existing team there because they want the $600 million in in franchise expansion fees. fees. Yeah. So you almost look and you think it might make sense to go to go to Quebec, and then you still leave those lucrative markets open for expansion fees. So, again, a lot of moving parts, but generally, bottom line is, again, as a guy who sits in New York City behind a big desk and makes lots of money and has turned the NHL into this cash cow for its level of where its place in professional sports, number four, he's done a good job. That's, that, that arena in Arizona is only 4,500 people. Yeah, it's a college rink. But is there no other place to play? Well, there was, and I've been there. It was the Gala Arena in uh, Glendale, but they didn't pay their rent, so they were thrown out. So the idea was go to this college rink for a couple of years while a new rink is being built. They thought it was a slam dunk. Oh, I see. This new entertainment development in Tempe, I think, was going to be built. But they put it to a referendum, and it lost. <laughs> referendum to the citizens, it lost like 80%. It lost. They said, fuck you guys. We're think not about building it. you. We're not going to build you a factory to make money. Thank you. Think about how weird that must be if you're an NHL player. You go from you know Madison yeah. Square Gardens one night, and then you go to Arizona, and you're playing in front of people. Less than an OHL team would play, or an East Coast team would play. Howard, um, since that decision last week where they lost the bid or the the entertainment facility is not going to be built. 
And that's what the citizens basically said. Well, what? wait a minute. It's going to cost taxpayers like $1.5 billion so this guy can have a hockey team here that we we build sort of the factory so that he can make money. It's like it didn't work. And since then, a couple of the players, since it was turned down, a couple of the players speaking to what you just said are like have sort of told their agents I want out of here. I don't want to play in front of 4,500. I spent my whole life wanting to play in the NHL. Yeah, of course. This. Yeah. We got this. This isn't what I bargained for. It's funny. I played golf on uh, Sunday with a great kid, 33, 34, played in the East Coast League, played college uh, hockey at Laurier. Mm-hmm. Just was great. We were, it was fascinating to hear about life on the road in an East Coast mm-hmm. team. And he was telling me about these road trips, and they go on these super buses where it sleeps like 30 people and just these ridiculous, you know, hours and going from city to city. And I find then I about halfway through the conversation, I said, well, where did you play? Thinking the East Coast League. He played in uh, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the money they make is just putrid. But, uh, yeah. you know, he, you know, I said, well, what's the point of, he was a young kid at the time. He's, you know, 33, 34 now. So he was 23, 24 when he played. Mm-hmm. And I said, what was the point of it all? He said, well, a lot of guys are hoping to get a couple of years in the East Coast League, maybe move up to the American League or go and go to Europe and make some really good money. But they play, uh, uh, by the time it's all over, they play 80 games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh it's a grind. Anyway, the point I was trying to make is that they there's there was an appetite for a I can't when again why they called it the they, how the Dallas is in the East Coast, but um, there's an appetite for hockey somewhere in that part of the country in America. They were playing in arenas that were sixty five hundred people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that seems to be the prevailing attitude in Canada that. Batman is bad yeah, for the NHL. He's bad, bad, you know bad. what? He's bad for Canada. I'll go. I'll go with that. He is. He doesn't care about Canada. Claims he does, but right. he doesn't. You know, it's uh, what do you what do you say? Like, I mean, you're running a business. You're running a business. I'm uh, just going to send Ivor a, qui- a note here. He's a bit early. Early, uh, and then I'm going to tell you uh, about the curious case of uh, Michael Block. Yes. Here's the thing. Like the fact mm-hmm. that Dan had heard about this it tells you everything you need to know about sports. But a little background to start with. Unlike any other professional sport, taking tennis for an example. So there's professional tennis players. That, it's probably the closest. There's professional tennis players that play on a tour where they compete in games. And then there are professional tennis players that teach uh, teach tennis. And some of those guys might have been really good tennis players at one point, even competing at a higher level, but just couldn't make it, whatever. But in golf, there's a, an organization that runs one of the four majors, the PGA of America, also runs the Ryder Cup. And they have something like 22,000 members that are they're, they're PGA players, but they're not competing on the tour. And uh, every year they have sectional, and they're, and they're very good. A lot of them are very good players. They have sectional qualifying, and then they have this big tournament where all the guys from across the country vie for 20 spots in the PGA Championship. Rarely do those guys make the cut. They, they do okay, because they were probably former really good players at one point. Are you with me so far? Mm-hmm. But every so often, one of them sneaks through meaning that they make the cut and it's a bit of a story on the weekend, but usually they fade because they're not used to the competition. And again, at that level, but this guy 
This guy, Michael Block, uh, it was the perfect storm. And I mean that in a, in a, in a, the weather was shitty. The golf course is extremely hard. So the scores weren't very low. In fact, I think the winning score, Kepka was eight or nine under. And so he didn't need to shoot a huge, you know, he just played very steady and got to the weekend, plays on Saturday with, uh, can't remember who, but with a pretty famous player. Can't remember. Sunday's in a group with Rory McIlroy. And on the 15th hole, Sunday, he's getting, you know, a lot of people are talking about him. On the 15th hole Sunday, he makes a hole in one in front of, I don't know, 15,000 people. And the place goes bananas. And it's all that stuff that Americans love. It's the heartwarming story. They have, they've got video from his home club in California. Somebody is videotaping it, and everyone in the club is watching it, gets a hole in one. Jeez, you know what I'm saying? And, and then, after, and then he, he finishes in the top 15. As long mm-hmm. as I've been watching this sport, I've never seen one of those guys finish that high. It's unprecedented. He's four, and he's 47 years old. Like Rory McIlroy is the top three players. And it would be like playing with uh, Steph Curry and and then, you know, getting a three pointer just at the buzzer and Steph Curry hugs you. Like when the guy Mm -hmm. got the hole in one, Rory McIlroy is like high fiving him, gives him a big hug. And like it was really a great story. The uh, on that point of the hole in one, I've never seen anything like that. It was a what they call a slam dunk. I've never seen a whole yeah. one like that. It went up and right in the hole. Yeah. Damaged the like, cup a little bit. It didn't move. You want to talk about percentages. Like I've seen lots of holes and ones where you hit the green and it rolls into the cup. I've never seen anything like that. Like, I don't know, physics, geometry, whatever that is. Yeah. It just flew <laughs> just right in. About, just think about that. <laughs> and, and where he was on the tee, couldn't really see it. He didn't even know if it was in. And there's a stick in the hole. Like, how? 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 Because if you look where it hit, it hit the soft part of the cup and then went straight down, right? It. I yeah. know, but geez, like, whatever. It's. <laughs> so, because he's a professional golfer, he's not an amateur, he mm. got 15th place money, which is about $280,000. Then it also qualified him for next year's PGA. He's already in. Like, the top 15 get... Instant exemption into the following year. Then he gets invited to this week's tour event someplace in the States. Then RBC reaches out and invites him to the Canadian Open. And and it's like I said, his life is going to change. But here's the most bizarre offer he got. There's a uh, an adult subscription platform. I'm not sure if it's a porn site. Well, usually when they use the word, I, I saw that story. Yeah. When you see the word adult. adult that's I what think, I thought. Yeah, it's... Yeah. So, basically, it's an adult site that has offered him $300,000, uh, which is more than the two eighty eight he won at the tournament. Like, he mm-hmm. was charging $125 a lesson. So, what this site has said, you can be our teaching professional. Mm-hmm. Um. It's called my.club. And again, I don't know if it's it's an adult audience. It doesn't it doesn't say exactly Freddie if it's a porn site. I don't think it is. Maybe it's like a Maxim magazine or something. Something. So uh basically they're they're going to let people he he would be able to teach people through video and give uh different tips and whatever, but like in in one weekend 
as I tried to give you a little background, it never happens that these guys do very well. They do well enough to play in it, and they they don't mm-hmm. they hold their own. But most of the, his most of the other nineteen guys were nowhere to be found for this entire weekend, and it was fascinating because. Listen, I was, you know, Brooks Kepka won. It's his fifth major. I could tell you a bunch of golfy golf stuff. But the human interest story that was surrounding this guy was just bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah, my club, it's, uh, well, the picture I'm seeing right now is a woman trying to lick her own breast. So oh, okay. It's, some, it's somewhere in there. <laughs> that could be, that could be <laughs> Maxim. You know, it's gotten a little racy. <laughs> like, seriously, if you have them, wouldn't you try and lick your own breasts from time to time? I mean, I'm surprised women I don't. I used to try. <laughs> I'm surprised women aren't doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. So it was a great story in sport. Again, the fact that Dan had heard of it uh, tells you how far-reaching the story was. And I'm sure, like, oh, that's another thing. So... You know, he's wearing tailor-made stuff, uh, the same company that sponsors the golf podcast on Humble and Fred Radio. You can find it at our website, mm-hmm. Swing Thoughts. And uh, so he's wearing uh, tailor-made stuff. And then I saw an ad this morning that tailor-made is featuring him. Because on Michael Block's golf ball, he writes, why not? He wrote, that's what he wrote all this week. And like, why not? Why not me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now that's their, so they're using that little slogan, why not, in their tailor-made advertising. This guy went from relative obscurity to like a million dollar weekend just because he played in a golf tournament that he yeah. was life, a little yeah, bit. As you yeah. say, life changing, life changing. It's quite the story. And, and, and like, think about it's it. almost like a movie it, already. It, oh, it probably has been optioned for a movie. Yeah. Like, think like, about that. The last round of a major championship. He's in one of the last groups. Like, he's in the, the top 10 all day, playing with one of the, the best players in the sport and makes a hole in one. By the way, beats Rory by three on that hole because Rory makes a bogey. So, on a par three, Rory made a four. This guy made a one. And one of the great shots was him. They had a close-up of him marking his scorecard. You know, puts the one with the circles around. It was really, really, uh, it was really something. But back to the slam dunk hole in one. And, of course, it caught the edge of the hole. But, yeah. But, you know, like the chance. Have you ever seen anything like that before? Listen, I've never seen, I've only seen a couple holes in one in my life. And they're all, as you described, they're all just, they hit the green, they bounce and they roll and they go into the hole. Like it was crazy. It was like it was like it was literally on like a rope or a string or something. Like nuts. Yeah, he didn't realize it for about thirty seconds. Yeah, because he and it was funny because Rory thought it, Rory saw it was in right away or knew it because of just a reaction from the crowd and goes right. to give the guy a hug. <laughs> the way he described it, he goes, "I didn't know what happened, but Rory McIlroy came over to hug me." I thought, "All right, why not?" You know, he thought he was getting hugged for a good shot, mm-hmm. and then he walks a few feet and the camera guy says, "It's in." He's like, "It's in." It's in the yeah. hole because he thought the crowd was reacting because he hit it close. No, it was amazing. I I probably looked at that ten times. Yeah, I know it was crazy to see. In fact, it's so clean going, and it's almost hard to follow. Like, you know, yeah, it's like what? Yeah, when you see it in slow motion, it's pretty bizarre. Um, all right, so that's that. That's the guy. In case you're wondering. If we all saw it, we all did. Um, let me get uh, some music here for. Uh, well, here's a good song I will appreciate because it likes. Yeah, I. Uh, it'll be interesting because he's that that guy's playing in this week's actual PGA Tour event, and I. Uh, I don't know, but he's going to do that well. 
it scores will be too low. Doesn't exactly. Because <laughs> uh, now it's the real tour where scores are like super low. Yeah. Uh, for many years, Ivor Hamilton uh, steered the ship at CFNY and then went off to have a uh, long career in the music business. I believe he's, uh, I'm not 100% sure, but he, I, I think he's the president of Universal Music. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a hundred. <laughs> vice president. He's vice president. Okay. Well, you know what? You're to us. You are the president. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Ivor, Ivor, let me ask you. See if you can answer this ACFNY trivia question. Um, so we introduce you. Howard plays Todd Rundgren. What CFNY announcer absolutely loved Todd, Todd Rundgren? Jim Reed. Jim Reed. <laughs> Absolutely. Jim Reed was the, the champion of Todd Rundgren. Yes, he was. Isn't that funny, the stuff you remember? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I heard you mention earlier you wanted a little bit of an update on the on the documentary. So I'm happy to let you know what's going on at this point. Uh, they've done most of the filming. It's probably about 90% of the filming done, including you gentlemen, which I heard went fantastic. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh um, but 64 interviews were done. And then the last things, there's a couple of acts that a uh, couple of the big ones that we are just waiting to confirm. And we want to get some fan ones, some real CFNY fan ones, people that weren't announcers or sponsors or bands or anything like that. So um, you can reach out to myself or through the hump, I guess through you guys, if anybody's interested in talking, we're going to film sometime in mid June, but we want to hear, you know, some crazy fan stories. Uh, they don't have to be crazy, good or bad or whatever. But um, you know, it was the the listeners that um, made us a success. Now, I was going to say that you know, over the years, as I've said this several times, including in the interview, that you know, I didn't really understand or appreciate you know what that radio station meant to people because I wasn't part of this market until the day I arrived. And the first guy I walked through the doors in Brampton was Marty Streak, who said hi. Um, but but I was going to say the fans, if you could, that's such a great idea because the people who who were affected by the radio station would speak very passionately about it. Oh, some of the greatest stories about fans at early CFNY is the lengths they would go to get the radio station. You mean before yeah, it was on the tower? To rig up these because before we were on the CN Tower, right? right. It was a really spotty any <laughs> anything sort of east of uh, Young Street or whatever. It was very, very spotty. And some of the stories that you would hear about people trying to rig up these antennas and anything to bring the signal in, even there was even stories that kids would get in a car, like who lived in Scarborough Picking Ring, and drive towards Mississauga and just sit in a parking lot listening to the station in the evening because they could get it. That's commitment. Of, yeah, I heard mm-hmm. lots of stories about that. Actually, one uh, gentleman... Uh, uh, Jake Gold, who's the manager of the hip, him and his brother were diehard CFNY fans in the early days. And they did exactly that because mm-hmm. they lived in the north side of the city and were not able to get it. So they they rigged up uh, aerials to to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they were really, you know, that was just one example of that. And, and you know, part of the you know success of that, too, was. The, the CFNY Video Roadshow used to go all over Ontario, and it was kind of baffling because we were going mm-hmm. to places all over the province that you couldn't get the radio station. Right. At. But uh, in a lot of instances, like we would go to London, Ontario, 
and do regular shows at the University of Western Ontario because there were so many people from Toronto who missed the radio station and wanted to have a piece of CFNY. So, mm-hmm. so we've been talking about this documentary for quite some time, Alan, you, uh, and then how far, how close to the end of it after we get some interviews with listeners and when would we actually be able to see it? Well, I think... Um, Hopefully, we'll have it in, fingers crossed, if we play our cards right, to have it in in the TIFF um, for next year, for 2024. And then after that, a short theatrical run and... And then on to streaming services, depend on, depending on uh, so you who we do all the festivals and try and send it out to all the different uh, places around the world that show these kind of films. Yeah. That'd be great. And I, and I think we would love to be able to do something. There's been some discussion about doing something, just something special, private for uh, uh, the CFNY staff that are still with us. Amazing. Um, one of the reasons that we wanted to get Ivor on is uh, there's a there's a high school reunion. And uh, it's not just there's so many people that we know that went to this school. Maybe you can talk about the school and some of the famous alumni that we would know. And even the I guess who would be the most famous of the uh, people that went there. Okay, so um, it's Chincuzi Secondary School in Bramley. And it's a 50th. It's actually a 50th and counting. We were delayed a year because of covid. Um, So. We're putting on a reunion. It's happening June 2nd and 3rd. And uh, some of the, the, the famous people that were there, and a couple of people you'll know right off the top, Neil Morrison, a.k.a. Brother Bill, uh, was a student there in the 80s, as well as Terry Hart. Oh, my uh, she goodness. Was also, she was also a student there. Um, but you've got some other people. Um, Carl Ludwig, who was a Paralympic athlete at the 214, the bronze medalist at the Olympics. Uh, Alessia Reed. Um Alicia and Tamara Tatham, they were both members of the Olympic basketball teams, uh, Olympic athletes, Daryl Hines, a sketch comedian, um, a stunt actor, uh, Drew Thakor. And then one of the ones that was really interesting, we were do- doing research to me, um, was Zara, uh, Zarka Nawaz. And Zarka Nawaz was the person who put together Little Mosque on the Prairie. And uh, also was a, a, a CBC host and journalist and uh, um, pretty amazing person, I must say, like really, really did some great, uh, done some great things. She also has a current TV series on on CBC Gem and uh, doing his grade nine and 10 there uh, was Russell Peters. Um, so he he was a student there. Um, he didn't like the school that much, but um he has some great memories and some great stories to tell about his his time there um, when he was trying to be a little break dancer at the time. And uh, uh, he became really good friends with Neil Morrison, actually, because uh, uh, him and Neil, they used to hang out because uh, Russell used to go into Sam the Record Man at uh, Bramley City Center. And Neil used to work there. And that's how they got to know each other. Well, so he went there just what nine and ten and then and then he quit school up- or what? He uh, he he went to uh, after that. He went to uh, I think it's North Peel or North Park, oh, which is sorry. the vocational school. Uh, he was having some uh, some issues in his, with his studies, and uh, it was recommended that he that he go over to the other school, um, which he ended up being the uh, the student council president over there for his grade grade twelve. But 
He said, well, most of those guys over there, they could barely put sentences together, but a lot of them ended up doing sentences mm-hmm. afterwards. I mean, that's right. just Russell, the way he conducts himself sometimes. So which is the, he wasn't a good student. Is that when his dad started threatening him? What was the big line? You I'm going to do something. Whatever <laughs> You're going to get hurt real, real bad. bad. Yes. 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 That, right. Yes. That's where that, that was. That uh, came uh, from. Yeah. Uh, and he's told us some stories about, you know, growing up in Bramley and some of the, you know, how it manifested into some of his bits from his days right. in Bramley. And, and mm-hmm. as he became um, more famous, he also um, employed some of the people um, that he went to Chinkuzi Secondary mm-hmm. School with that are, were on his crew for years and years. So Isn't he doesn't something? forget his mom still lives there. He, she's still mm-hmm. Up in the L section, up in Bramley there. So, um, and and his brother Clayton. Uh, Clayton also went to the the school as well. Well, and Clayton's his manager. Clayton is his manager. Absolutely. You know, you hear a lot of stories about guys that make it big, and Russell's worth millions and millions of dollars. They want to buy their parents new homes in new places, and they refuse. They just want to stay in the homestead. It, it, this is this is exactly yeah. true, Fred. We talked about that, and he the, said to he goes, "I his mom lives in a a, a semi." And uh, I want to buy a, a mom. I want to buy you a house. And she's like, no, that's okay. And he goes, you know, he goes, I go back to Brampton and um, I can't, I can't sleep in my room. It's too small for me. It's still there. That's but his funny. mom just wants to yeah. keep, stay in the same place. So what are the festivities? It's like a couple of days of just wandering around, looking at people and whispering to each other about how badly we've all aged. Is that what you <laughs> That that's going to happen. I, I oh, kid yeah. you not on that. I'm not. Gonna, well, that's what I'm reunions are for. It's like, <laughs> I mean, hey, man, I thought it was bad off, but that guy looks horrible. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, yeah, that's probably. But what are what are the real right what are the real festivities beside that? Uh, well, um, well, the school's going to have a bunch of things on the Friday. They're going to have some things during the day. There's going to be some sports, and they're going to have a couple of um, displays on on hand. Um, they're going to have some speeches, but the, the the reunion committee that I'm involved with have put together um, a, a social on Friday night. Um, so we're going to be at spot one on Rutherford Road in Brampton, and it's a $10, $10 but everything goes to the uh, Chinkuzi Alumni Fund scholarship fund for their students, which was put together in 1997 originally and is still still going today. So on that night, uh, myself and uh, Clayton Peters are going to uh, get on the wheels of steel, as uh, Chris Shepard used to say, um, dusting off the turntables. I'm uh, going to bring the old CFNY Roadshow sign that uh, I have from 1980. We're going to put it <laughs> nice. on stage. And I've dug out a bunch of uh, old vinyl. I'm only going to spin vinyl on my set. Fred, I found the Rocaderos. I've got a mint copy of I Want to Dance Like Fred. Uh, I'm going to bring too. out the the toast yeah. single, a uh, bunch of other a bunch of other gems, and then Clayton, who used to do dances at the school during the '80s, he is going to uh, spin a ton of old school. He said, "I haven't DJed for a while, but he's going to bring some help with him." Um, so rest assured, it's going to be going to be good. We're going to have lots of uh, slides, and then on the Saturday. Um, what we're going to do is uh, we kick things off around three o'clock in the afternoon and um, 
we're going to have decades panels in the gym. So we're going to have two teachers and four students, and we're going to talk about people sharing their stories from um, way back when, their favorite teachers, their favorite school <laughs> trips, their um, you know favorite activities at the school or what that school meant, meant to them. So uh, we'll do a 70s, 80s, and 90s, and then we have decades rooms in the school as well. Um, where some of the teachers and, and some of the former uh, staff, or sorry, some of the students are, you know, decorating to look, make it look like it was back in the era. And so we'll bring in bulletin boards full of, um, you know, buttons and pictures. And we put together slideshows um, of the old yearbooks, but also put together a bunch of things that are, are um, just reminiscent of the era that you want to think about from way back when. Uh, so I've done a lot of research um, the price of two fours, by the way, from 1972 today and how that's progressed through the ages. Can I uh, guess? What's that? Can I guess what a two four would be in, in 1972? Yeah, take a guess. $9.99? Uh, you're off a little bit. It was about $5, between five, five and eight. Five bucks? Yes, in 72. And then it went up to, in the, in the mid-70s, mid to late 70s, it was $7. And then it just we did a whole progression over the era up until the the, the present yeah. day, but yeah. um, you know, put together a whole bunch of things that are just fun for people to do, like uh, businesses in Brampton that don't exist anymore, uh, mm. uh, um, gadgets from the seventies, eighties uh, cars, uh, Canadian you know Canadian wow. TV shows of the of the the eighties. Um, and some sports things that I just yeah. thought that people would be yeah. um, would like to just take a look back at. Like we just well, we did a thing on the uh, the greatest Jays and uh, the all time greatest Leafs from seventy two forward, the greatest Buffalo Bills from seventy two onwards. Wow. So that is um, commitment. That's a lot of um, that's a lot. It's a lot of, of festivities. Uh, preparation for it, it has been. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I guess. I mean. You know, that's that's what separates people like you and people. And I will say us, meaning me and Howard, like we do nothing. (laughs) That's right. We do nothing. If you had gone to high school, Howard, would you go to a reunion? Well, I went. Yes, I I didn't get all the way through high school. Okay, funny man. But uh, I went to my high school, Central Collegiate in Moose Jaw. I went to our high school's 100th reunion. Okay. Uh, This was back in 2010, 2011. Um, did you go to your high school, Urian? Uh, no. Like when we first, uh, first couple of years, we were. Uh, I was working. A guy had one not at the school. Every year he would have a dance for two or three years where everybody would go. I went to one of those. But as far as reunions, no. I went to one public school reunion just almost by mistake. But no, I. Well, just, just, you just what do you mean by mistake? You just wandered in. They went, hey, what are you doing here? Almost. It was like they were having I in view public school um, uh, reunion. And I found out about it like a couple of days before just by accident. It happened to be in the area. In fact, I think it was a CFNY thing or something. So so I pulled over. What I thought you were going to. Too much detail. What I thought you were going to ask is like if there was a high school reunion, would you and I be part of the organizing committee? Because that is a big no. Like that's where that's what exactly that's what see that's where I thought you were going because that's what separates Ivor from us is that Ivor gets involved and we're like huh what time are we even going to show up? But you know I I was reading something else here I googled earlier this morning high school reunions thinking about this and the thing is the older you get 
and this goes back to what you said at the beginning, Howard, the older you get, the least likely you are to attend your high school reunion based on what? How you look. How you look. Exactly. Well, Isn't that interesting? Is, let let mm-hmm. me set the record straight, because I think once you get up in our age group, gents, we don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> oh, right? no, we've, we've, we've crossed over. You, I will tell you right now on the leaderboard that the people who attended the school from the 70s are overwhelmingly in the lead of who is going to attend. So we have just taken that. that but, I, but I will say this, Ivor. You say we don't give a shit, but I promise you that a, most of the conversation this weekend is, who's that? They look like shit. Well, uh, <laughs> are, are, is, as part of this thing, you all going to drink uh, cheap wine and puke out back at later? Uh, well, I will say that <laughs> That's right. no. Uh, will there be some finger banging going on during uh, the reunion? Uh, oh, well, oh, I'm sorry, Ivor. I apologize. I, heard, I, I will tell you I this, apologize. I, not at this school, but there was a, a, another school in Brampton that had a, a reunion a number of years ago. And uh, two people who uh, hadn't seen each other in a long time got together in a back room. See? And... Uh, Somebody fell off the table and then hurt themselves, and then uh, there was a lawsuit or something afterwards. So <laughs> you got to make sure you got insurance things. coverage, which we got a lot of. So well, listen, um, man. It's uh, very exciting. The Chinkuzi, a huge part of uh, the Brampton area. Uh, Russell Peters, brother Bill, Terry Hart, uh, the CEO of Universal, uh, Ivor Hamilton. No, um, I don't even know. I don't know. Ivor, we don't know. I didn't get all the way through high school. It's just a crapshoot for me. But were um, we clear on that? Is Russell coming or sending his wishes? Um, we have a we have an ex- a Russell exclusive, a Ching TV discussion that uh, Brother Bill and I have. We have some local dignitaries um, that will be attending as well. Uh, Councillor Rod Power, and we probably will see a big so that We're going to see an appearance from Patrick Brown. Okay. I also wanted to make mention. But what about going back Russell? Wine. The the tragically hip have stepped up to the plate. So we will be having Lake Fever beer. Uh, Road Apple Cider nice. and the Tragically Hip Wine will be on sale uh, uh, at the event. So we're not doing the gut rot stuff. Okay, right. good job. What, what about Russell, though? Is he coming or not? Uh, he is not coming. Okay. He is well. not. Uh, Clayton will be there. He was in, he's was. he got a, a Connecticut commitment, uh, a gig in com, uh, Connecticut. But uh, we have an exclusive interview that uh, Neil cool. and I did. Nice. Which is, uh, we're going to we'll air in the in the cafeteria. Nice. I also wanted to make mention that local DJ, uh, DJ Rammy, who's a Brampton uh, stalwart, great DJ, is going to be um, DJing in our gym on the Saturday night. And uh, we've also pulled out a ton of videos from the old CFNY video roadshow. So we're actually having a right. video dance party from six to eight. Well, it's Love too it. bad the general public can't go to this thing because there'd be a lot of people that would want to go. I think that will, I think if you would like to come out on the Friday night to spot one, two eighty nine Rutherford road in Brampton, nice. um, that is open to the public. It's a $10 cover charge and all the proceeds going to the Chinkuzi uh, alumni fund. Um, so, cool. You can come out to that, but uh, I will say there's a lot of people who haven't bought tickets yet. And if you went to Chinkuzi in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and any time, uh, we haven't got a lot of people coming from the 2000s yet. It's open to everybody. Everybody's welcome. We look forward to seeing everybody there. Okay, man. Right on, Ivor. Listen, Ivor. You're a good uh, man. You're a very sweet human being, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best. Uh, this is Ivor Hamilton, Vice President of Universal Music, who is he's done he's done things that we wouldn't do. He's organized. He's gotten involved, and uh, it's very admirable. Thanks, my friend.
Thank you so much for having me, guys. All the best. Okay, buddy. All right, Ivor Hamilton, you're a very Good sweet see person. See, that's the thing. That's what happens when the guy gets involved. He does stuff. Yeah, not he, you and yeah, me. We would, we would, you, you, you could live next door to Chinkuzi. You wouldn't even go. No. <laughs> um, Howard, if um, there was a high school reunion again or whatever with you, who would be the most famous person at the high school that could or would attend? Would it be Where, you? in Moose Jaw? Oh, yeah, Moose Jaw. Would it be you? No. I'm trying to think. There's got to be. Would it be you at your high school? No. Well, no, because no, you I'm went sorry. to super famous high school. Yeah, Mike Myers would be. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. I will say this. I did get a chance. There was a huge, uh, well, you can imagine, a hundred-year reunion of my high school. And uh, my brothers were there, and everyone I grew up with was there. And on the Saturday, they had a, uh, like an old, what, what they used to call, uh, like a show, like a lit, they were called. And uh, just like I did in high school, I hosted it. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I was, I'm trying to think, I was in between, I was, uh, 2010, I'm going to say, 2009, 10, 11. And nobody in Jaw had seen me do stand-up. So I did like 15, 20 minutes off the top in front of, I don't know, a thousand people in this huge performance space. It was a huge crowd. And I was like... One of the most, one of the probably the most nervous I've ever been before oh, yeah. doing stand up. I, oh, I see that because you know all people who had heard of me as, as mm-hmm. whatever amount of infamy I have in Moose Jaw knew I had done stand up, had been on TV. I was a guy in the radio, and I was uh, I was really nervous. And I know my brother Stephen was nervous for me, but I uh, thankfully because I was just did a bunch of Moose Jaw references. It did, it was it, it ended up being one of the best bits right. i've ever done because people want you to do well we know we've said that they wanted me to do well and i did really well it was pretty cool so that was kind of like my it was a nice moment for me even though i didn't get all the way through high school yeah did any part of you this is 2009 you said 2010 did any part of you think about your appearance your looks going back there because, again, I can really see that. I can see a lot of people going, ah, oh, I'd love to go, but ooh, look. You know, I, I think, well, that's why I brought it up, because I think that's what most people think at, at reunions. That's yeah. one of the reasons yeah. people go, and it's one of the reasons people wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, I don't remember thinking about my appearance, because I was in okay shape. I remember thinking about my appearance at that event, because months before right. this yeah. thing, they asked me mm-hmm. to do it. Would you host right. our Saturday afternoon thing? I'm like, yeah, I would. But you know what it's like? Then it gets closer to doing it. You're like, why am I putting myself through this? Yes. But uh, I will say that, thankfully, it was that well, I went to a bunch of parties after and everyone was talking about, hey, that's not you doing the thing. What oh, about you're you? You're so funny, Howard. You're so funny. Yeah, um, I, don't th- I don't think if there was a Stephen Leacock reunion that Mike Myers would go. Although I do believe he went to a, um, a, gr- one, a graduation years ago, showed up. A surprise visit and gave a speech to the kids wow. at the school. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, a little business to take care of here. So uh, before we get to Dan Duran and uh, a celebration of Dan, let's uh, let me get you some music here. Let me get something different because I've been tending to go through this sort of top half of this lately. But uh, uh, da, 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 da. here we go. How about some old, little old police for you, buddy? Okay, there you go. 
Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. We're on the verge of both the NBA and NHL Finals. Uh, yeah, the odds will be there. You can wager on the championship rounds. Very exciting. Bodog is where to go. You mentioned the Sherpa. If you don't talk to the Sherpa, talk to us Sherpa when it comes to AaronVentures.com, uh, a.k.a. Boron One. That's what it trades at. They're an emerging junior mining exploration company. We finally had our, our uh, other Tim on the show last week, Tim Daniels, talking about all the work they're doing to try and get Boron out of the ground and all the things that Boron is involved in. Aaron Venture Strategies to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within this country and regions internationally. Go look it up yourself or uh, get your people to do it for you. AaronVentures.com is where you find out more information. AaronVentures.com Just the, the price of a 2-4, man. That's wild. You know, I remember when it was $5, but I thought it was previous to 72 Because in 1972, I would have been in grade 10. But buying a 2-4 a a seemed like way to purchase at 5 bucks. But again, mm. that's 50 years ago. <laughs> I don't... Uh, let me see. In grade 10, I'm, I don't know that I was drinking that much. Like, I didn't... Mm. I drank a little bit, but I didn't really drink in high school. But the I got out of I finished high school. To be clear, I got to the end of high school. That, that was a joke. Kevin. No, no, I'm saying to be clear, I didn't actually get my degree. But I finished grade twelve, and a month mm-hmm. later, I was in radio, mm-hmm. where I actually started drinking for real. Like I had never drank really hard alcohol until I got out of high school. But I got you know you guys. I mean, I drank lemon gin. I think. Yeah, but. Uh, no, I know what humor is. No, it's just funny. I just remember. I remember thinking, in the first time I had rum and coke, I was like, "Ooh, this is delicious." But I, again, we when we were kids, so five dollars for a two four. But I wasn't much of a beer drinker. The thing is, in grade nine, I started young in high school in Scarborough. Part of the culture was right in grade nine at school dances, getting drunk out back. It was cheap wine, yeah, like a buck a bottle stuff. And uh, I really didn't. It took a couple of years for me to. Uh, get a taste for beer <laughs> but once i did there was no looking back but uh yeah i remember that people getting drunk and puking on the on the floor of the of the gymnasium while the bands are playing and teachers getting pissed off stuff that if you did now would be have serious consequences oh, for sure didn't back then didn't back then my first time getting hammered in high school was actually with a hockey team that i made so it would have been grade mm-hmm. 10 and I made this midget junior team. And part of there's only two of us that made the team that year. And part of the initiation was we all went out after practice once, one day. And the new guys they got us all hammered. Like that's and I came home drunk. But my parents seemed I've, for some reason excused it. But I got drunk to puke drunk. That was the first time. And I'm pretty sure it was again hard alcohol, lemon gin. I don't think I drank wine, but lemon gin and beer. Yeah, but it didn't take with me until I got into radio, and then what does it got a taste for it? You know, in grade ten, funny little story about drinking. A buddy of mine across the street, he had you know borrowed some vodka mm. from his mom and dad. So I had never really had much hard liquor. So behind the school, we're drinking this vodka. He brought some orange juice, and I got absolutely laced. 
And then I moved back and I'm puking and I'm puking and it's vodka. And finally, I staggered home. I found my way home. I slept in the basement at the time. I come in the back door. I stumbled down the stairs. I knocked over the ironing board and I got in bed. Mm. So a few minutes after that, I just vaguely remember my mom and dad standing over me and my mom being absolutely distraught because they thought I was on drugs because they couldn't smell any booze right, on me. because of the vodka. She's checking my arms. Dick, check his arms. Check his arms. <laughs> that actually happened because my sister was standing in the back watching this all unfold. And she said, Mom and Dad, he's drunk. He's fine. He's That's drunk. great. That was like the Freddie P intervention. Fred, are you on Check drugs? Check his yeah. arms for needle tracks. <laughs> well, I did that thing. I, again, it must have been in high school where you take a little bit of booze from each bottle from your parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you drink that. So there's mm-hmm. four. I, I know I, I Maybe I did drink more in high school because I know I did that several times. That's why it made me laugh. That we borrowed some vodka. Yeah, I borrowed some vodka from his parents like he was going to give it back. Yeah, we would do that. Like uh, over Christmas, a little bit of this, a little bit of that into a a Mickey bottle. I'd take it off our barn. I used to call it Dickie's uh, Kickapoo Joy Juice. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) First time I got got caught smoking cigarettes, Luba thought I was smoking weed, which I thought Mm -hmm. was weird because she could smell smoke, but she didn't realize... That's another thing. I didn't drink a lot maybe in high school, but man, I started smoking early. Early. Like 13, so I would have been in grade 7 or 8. By the time I got to high school, I was a smoker. I I remember being in high school in the smoking area of our high school. I was one of those kids. Like, I smoked enough regular cigarettes. Like, Mm -hmm. every day I was a smoker by the time I was in high school, easily. Yeah, not that I did, but it... uh a lot of smoking took hold in grade seven and eight where I grew up. Oh yeah. Well, that's what it is, you know? And so by the time, but the weird thing is only my mom, by the time I got to grade 12, my mom knew I smoked, but my dad didn't. I've told you this story until I got the job at CHAB radio. Mm. And this might've even been like my second year there, but my dad didn't know I smoked until he looked up in the window one night. They were out for uh, dinner mm-hmm. across the street and he could see the smoke because he knew I was on the air. He could see the smoke in the room and he said to Luba, is he, what, is he smoking? Like, yeah, it was like, no kidding for years by that point. You know, smoking's a, f- a funny thing. Like if you're, if you're a smoker and your kid smokes, you can't be a hypocrite. Yet right. at the same time, you don't want to see your kid get, you know, um, what's the word? Addicted to anything, right? So, yeah, exactly. You don't want what happened to you to happen to them, meaning, you know, a dependency on cigarettes. So I get that whole thing. It is interesting. Uh, interesting. Is it interesting? Yes, it's interesting. Curious. Interesting. That uh, back to the uh, survey of people going to reunions based on how they look, it makes the decision about whether they're going to go. And it doesn't matter whether you went to Chinkuzi in 72 or last year. Part of what I can see that, you know, we're all just human beings that, you know, your, your ego about, oh yeah, about what, you, how you feel about yourself now mm-hmm. versus, you know, do you want to go? I mean, I get that again. And I've sort of joked with Ivor about the fact that the na- the main conversation is how everyone looks and do you recognize somebody? Mm-hmm. Did you see Bernice? My <laughs> God, what happened to her? That's right. First, you, mm-hmm. that, that would be somebody from 72 when they call mm-hmm. people Bernice. 
<laughs> Look at the fucking guy. <laughs> Holy right. shit. Look at that guy. He Howard has let himself go. He has let himself go, I say. Mm. Uh, I, I, is Dan Duran afraid to come back because he's worried about, like, literally. He doesn't like attention. It's it. I will tell you when I get to this Dan Duran story, it, it's it's a celebration of Dan today. Um, do you have any more to do before we get to Dan Duran? Because we might as well. Oh, the Chambers of Commerce. Oh, group one second, plan. please. One second, please. Please stand by. How about a little uh, Stone Temple Pilots? All right. Uh, yeah, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Uh, yeah, prescriptions, dental, travel insurance, and then there's all sorts of other products under which umbrella you choose. Yeah, there's different levels that you can buy in at. And, uh, you know, it's great for a small business. It really is to provide your your employees with the security that a benefits package brings. It's a great way to go. Go to chamberplan.ca, get a free quote, find out what it will cost, and know that they've really done a great job of keeping, you know, the lid on premiums over the past few years. You know, you'd think through COVID and everything, skyrocketing costs. No, not in this situation, really. As a small business, you need to know what your costs are going forward. They've done a great job. Believe me, you... Believe me, you. Believe me, you. <laughs> anyway, right. go to chamberplan.ca. That's where I went to college. Believe me, you. <laughs> uh, before we get to Dan Duran and the celebration of Dan, uh, we didn't get a chance to get to uh, any uh, emails of the day, but I just saw something here. Hi, guys. Hi, uh, guys. Jeffrey Kilborn says, Freddie, have a look at this. I guess I'm not supposed to look at it, but it says, read this over the weekend and your conversation with Dan reliving on a houseboat made me think of it. Mm. So right. it's cottage country braces for the invasion of the floating home. Right. Wow. Is the uh, article from Jeffrey Kilborn. Jeffrey. Uh, anyway, but yeah, very interesting. That's why uh, I, I was bringing it up. I brought it up facetiously, thinking Dan could put a houseboat in front of his dock there and solve his uh, hobo trailer problem. <laughs> <laughs> so he could have a hobo boat. Oh, no, you could get a nice but houseboat. They would, still char- they would still charge him the, the full tilt for the, for the site. Oh, of course, yeah. Yes. I, the, the the future plan would be to push off, and you know, well, have or maybe you could just do that. You could you got enough friends there. You could just forget yeah. rid of your site and park your houseboat in front of Fred's, in front of Darren's, in front of Bruce's. I'm just thinking now, and I hope Darren and Lori are listening. I think you buy a houseboat with an engine that's no good. You get it a severe discount. And just put it at Darren O'Lory's dock for the summer. There you go. See, problem yeah. solved, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Put some sort of, uh, you know, dress it up in a very modern way. You know, well, like, whatever. You know, I think they'd nice be looking. totally receptive to that idea, right, Lori? <laughs> <laughs> Dan would have sure. a big houseboat on your beautiful dock there, and just you know, squat. Well, I, or or maybe sometime at Lori's, sometime at yeah. your place. <laughs> Sometime yeah. over there, Bruce. Oh. Dan's got dozens of friends there at the lake. No room at my place. I oh, have no, my pl- boat on one side and a paddle boat Doesn't, on the other. Plenty no room. Get rid Sorry. of the paddle boat. <laughs> Lots of room. In fact, you, you know what? In. You don't even need a dock. You could just uh, attach your boat to Dan's houseboat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I can anchor it in the channel there. I'm sure that'd be appreciated. Do you want to do, do, you wanna, do, you want your, do you want the story of, of, I don't know. I don't even know how to, what the category is anymore. This is incredible. Do you want the story, oh. Dan? 
Yeah, let's do the story now, and then I'll get to the news, and then so, the show will wrap up. Okay. Um, I was out uh, Thursday with uh, Randy, ex-wife Randy, for her birthday. And then Friday, we went out for dinner before Spencer's show. Randy, myself, Charlie G., your goddaughter, and Randy's friend. And uh, we were talking about uh, old days, and, you know, Randy's friend and I have known each other a long time. And at one point, Randy's friend says, uh, how's your friend Dan Duran? I say, it's great, you know. Told, you, told her what she's doing, what you're doing. I'm sorry. Told her what you're doing. Yeah. And then uh, we, were, we recalled... Uh, at my wedding, that uh, she she and you had a uh, a union. <laughs> Will you fucking hear this, Fred? She she talked about Dan Duran the way um, people used to talk about like Richard Gere or somebody. You know, like just she was just you could see it in her eyes. She just became transfixed <laughs> to a time thirty plus years ago when she was a young woman and she was taken by the great Dan Duran. And, and wait for it, Fred. Wait for it. And so we're sitting here having a conversation, and this phrase comes out of her mouth. It was the greatest night of my life. <laughs> Let me repeat that. The greatest night of my life was in the arms of Dan Duran. She said, there he was in this tuxedo, and it was just, it was just too much. I... I, I and you could see that she was hearkening back to this time three decades plus. Wow. <clears throat> and so what? what, what was, this, was this like back to your hotel room type? No. No. And this is where it gets no. funny. Apparently she met him at my, she met him at the wedding, but didn't, right. but didn't have the union. Until nights later, when he was staying at my house, you know, Dan stayed at my house from time to time, um, and he was staying at my house. <laughs> this is Randy's never forgotten this, and Dan took her on our couch, and yeah. and, and it's funny because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because so Randy's friend says this, and Randy's like, "Yes, that's right," and I he was on our couch. I go, "I don't think that's the point of the story." Honey. <laughs> oh yes, yes, I never, I never forgot that it was on our couch. The greatest night of my life, she said, wow. was with Dan Duran. Yeah, Humble and Fred said no one. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Yeah, especially me. Anyway, um, I told you a few weeks ago, too. I, we were, I saw it in my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, and she mentioned, too, Dan's name come up. Oh, my God. Just so gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And it was oh, like, yeah. wow, really? Eh? Wow, I've never. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. listen. <laughs> all right, mm-hmm. I've seen him. What do you uh, mean, all right, Dan? Yeah, you don't want to hear more of this. I've listened. Uh, here's a here's really awkward. If this awkward, was you yeah. or me, if this was you or me, we'd just be like, tell me more. Tell me more <laughs> yeah. about the greatest night a woman. The greatest night of a woman's life was spent in your arms, making a mess on Randy's couch. <laughs> Wow. Tell me more. On what bizarre <laughs> angle am I actually yeah. passable? Mm. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. I knew you'd love that. I wrote that down. The greatest night of my life. Oh, man. Wow. You know, and, and as soon as she said it, I went, ooh, there's a topic for Tuesday morning. 
<laughs> There's something I can't wait to tell the Fred man. Yeah, write that one down, yeah. That, that reminds me of one of our wedding songs. Remember, A Night to Remember by Prism. Remember that song? That was one. Me and Delise, that was one of our, I think, our first dance or our last dance. Night to Remember by Prism. How cheesy is that? But it speaks to what this woman said. Mm-hmm. Night to Remember, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't have it. They don't. Maybe they've Prism, maybe yeah. they've, <laughs> they've just continued that song. Yeah, they blew it up. I yeah. <laughs> don't recall it. It's you Prism? can't. I can't. You can't hang on, Prism. Prism. You can't really. You can't even search that. That's I, I am searching it. I'm doing the best. No, I but can I'm just here. saying if it doesn't show up, that's. Oh funny. yeah, hang on a second. Here we go. This is Prism's. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's please welcome to the floor the newlywed Mr. and Mrs. Patterson and their song. Actually, Prism had a couple of good songs. Spaceship Superstar, Take Me to the Captain. I see it here. All right. <laughs> Were you dancing by this part awkwardly? Oh, I think so. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah So that, think about that, Dan. It's possible that 30-plus years later, this woman, from time to time, still pleasures herself to your memory. Oh, wow. You're, you're in this woman's dander and spank bank. <laughs> this is all awkward to me. Is hey, it, you know, Prism, is it really? Prism, a, a Canadian rock band. Yes. Right? Yeah. So is Trooper. And uh, the did you know that Trooper got into the Canadian Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? The Music Hall of Fame or whatever it's called? <laughs> did they? You're in this yeah. woman. You're in this woman's hall of fame. <laughs> <laughs> you know Terry Clark, uh, along with Trooper. Oh, that's nice. This even sounds even sounds like Fred singing. Never forget. <laughs> Doing it all in a night. Doing it all. In a blue leisure suit. Oh, I do remember this song now. We must have played it at CHAB. Oh, yeah, for CanCon? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Any kind well, of prison trooper. Listen, it's very sweet. Listen, it's very sweet. Um, here's their other big hit that I do recall. I remember trying to talk over this intro. Okay, forget the funky. It's, yeah. All right. Yeah, so that's not the top 40 version. We, this is the top 40 yeah. version here. Yeah. It's a great song. I mean, for CanCon. Guy had a pretty good voice, huh? Whoever this is. Here's the hook now. It's no night to remember, but it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and then our other song was Dan Fogelberg. Longer than you don't have to play that. Oh no, I do. Uh, no, it's <laughs> fine. Uh, well, Dan, there you go. I thought that would be uh, a story for you that you would enjoy. I can see that it uh, made you uncomfortable, but I didn't. I didn't say it wow. to make you uncomfortable. I, I did it so that you would be celebrated on this day in Dan Duran history. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Wow. What do you mean, I guess? That's a, like, wow. 
Wow. Do you that's st- funny. He takes for granted what most yeah, men exactly. would, abs- would lap up like a, yeah. A lot of guys listening now are like and trying to think, has any woman ever said that about me? The answer for most of us is sadly no. No. <laughs> <laughs> but not you. You're like, oh, come on, guys. Come on. Come on. That's just, just another day. In, that's just yeah. another day in the Dan Duran. Move on. Move on. All right. You know why? Because he told Lisa he was a virgin when he. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Lisa, this is you're my first woman. Yeah, uh, no, uh, my son. Yeah, <laughs> the first one. I don't know how that. Is. Oh, no, because that was uh, that was from Baby Jesus' immaculate conception. No, here's here we to go. a fella named Dandoran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Mm-hmm. Dandoran, the anchor man comes, decides for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dandoran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house I'm sure she says the same thing every day, Fred The greatest nights of my life are with this man Movie anchor and Humble and Fred news editor With news and views Is Dandoran as the world's economy is set to blow up in nine days, as Republicans hold on to the debt limit increase, uh, Ted Cruz is opening an investigation into Bud Light. E. Jean Carroll, the columnist who won $5 million, uh from the Sexual Abuse and Defamation Award, uh, that's how much she, she won, is uh, seeking another $10 million for new remarks that Trump made after that verdict, mainly on CNN. And today, Trump will appear in courts by video to get a good talking to so that he fully understands what the judge's rules are about releasing information and intimidating witnesses in the uh uh, uh i can't forget the the uh you know the porn star oh uh stormy daniels yeah. stormy yeah. daniels thing, yeah <laughs> so the lawyers and trump trump was originally supposed to show up in court uh but because of the logistics of you know the security issues and all that they decided to make it okay for him to show up via video conference to get this talking to mm-hmm. so that he can specifically it's already been released to what it is that he can't do oh, but no. the judge wants to tell him in person that yeah. this is what you cannot do like dad scolding a kid he doesn't give a shit is what he does yeah will do. it will it even matter no he doesn't give a shit. Because what are the consequences if he doesn't follow oh, he could go to jail. Well, Contempt this, of court. Contempt of court. He could go to jail. But he, uh, yeah, the, 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 fact, the fact that he got out of court last time and then went out the next second and started yapping about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take this presidential candidate and put him in jail for um, contempt of court. Yeah. He knows. He knows. He's something else, man. He's a circus performer. Dan, did you um, did you? I don't know if you heard me tell Freddie I went to that BlackBerry movie. I thought of you. Technology, all that stuff. It was very interesting. The the movie itself because it brought me back to the you know all of us had that first BlackBerry Berry with the wheels on the side, the wheel mm. on the side, the thumb. Yeah, and then I that. Um, then it got fancier. There was the BlackBerry Bold, and it had the track, the little track wheel and such. But there's a great they were right there. They were right there. They were. They? Well, here's the thing. There's a great scene in the movie. There's a lot. I, I would recommend it. You guys would both love it. 
part of it, I was saying to Freddie about how the guy Balsilli tried to uh, buy the uh, penguins and move them to Hamilton. But the movie is about the creation of this company, Rim, how it was already doing, and this Balsilli kind of took it to this next level. But there's a scene in the movie where now they've been making billions of dollars. They at one point had 43 or 45% of the cell phone market in North America. It was outrageous, their market share. And they were, you know, Balsillis, Freddie flying around to all these NHL meetings and jet in the, in the Blackberry jet. And anyway, so they get to a point, there's all of a sudden, there's a big commotion in the, in all the engineers or there's about 25 of them gathered around the TV. And what they're watching, this is like 2008 or nine or whatever. And what they're watching is Steve Jobs doing his Apple talk, you know, every year, the new technology, Fred. And, uh, mm-hmm. And he's talking about how he's going to put the screen on the phone. It's going to be an iPod with a phone and the internet. And everyone at Rim is just looking. All these engineers are just like, they're just quiet because they're like, we're fucked. <laughs> like, and it's so funny because the guy that, in, the main guy at, at Blackberry, he's like, no, no, it's just a fad. It won't last. He's trying to downplay it. Mm-hmm. And then that's how they that's how they created the Blackberry Storm, which was the first Blackberry that had the keyboard and on the screen, which tanked. But I thought of that it really made me think like that must have been a moment where you see your whole world blow apart in one presentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they, did they go in why it, why everything kind of went down here from there? Because they wouldn't well, change? Or here's why. The main reason was this. Great question. Because the main reason is up to that point, they had made all the parts. And that was one of the guys, the main guy. I can't remember his name, Mike something main guy's whole thing was I don't want anything made in China he made it everything was made in Waterloo and then because the demand was so big and Balsilli had sold so many of these phones to Verizon in the States their biggest uh, partner that he had to go and have them made and the quality control just went down nothing saying nothing against the, the Chinese factories but it just wasn't to his standards anyway but that moment is the one I love is when they they see Steve Jobs talking about the first iPhone well, I remember that, I guess, from the early 90s when you used to hear that thing, one day you'll be able to manage your whole life on your phone. And I used to yeah. think, what does that mean? What yeah. the, I, like, I couldn't get my head around that. What exactly does that mean? And now look, I know somebody very well who last week on a cell phone won $250,000 playing poker. Like, think about what? that. Oh, yeah. Wow. What? Yeah. And, and, um... Somebody we know? Uh, no. Um, no of. Uh, anyway, but it just, you know, in banking, I don't have to explain. It's just true. Like, you can manage your life on, on your phone. Hey, do they have a... Uh, well, how does that mean? Your phone's <laughs> do, on the wall, and you're going to take the phone. How's that, how can you manage your, do you, your life? Do they, do they have forecasts on the phone? Because we could talk about that. <laughs> no, exactly. um, yeah, well, Dan, I, guys, you'd love the movie. And again, I'm giving nothing away. It's pretty... But, but that moment is... There's so many... I'm sure in a lot of companies where you're so successful... You know, a, a lesser example would be the very first uh, search engine all of us used was something called AskJeeves.com. Mm-hmm. And it was a big deal. You could ask Jeeves these questions. And I wonder the people at Ask mm-hmm. Jeeves, when they first heard about Google, they went, oh, that is a stupid name. What's <laughs> that all about? Yeah. The Google? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to Google something. Well, now, yeah. why don't you Google what happened to AskJeeves.com? Remember there was web crawler too? Yeah. There was a few of them. I think I used web crawler. crawler. That was my first sort of 
Uh, but in the movie, they go through all the incarnations of the Blackberry. And I was like, I sit next to Spencer. I'm like, had that one. Had that one. I don't even, I don't think I had the Storm, but that was the Bold. Definitely I had the Bold because it was the first one where the little scrolling wheel was a trackpad in the middle of the phone. You guys probably remember. You must have got a lot of food and stuff in that. Fucking <laughs> 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 dick. Because in the morning I looked it's down. Not working again. This, like, I looked down at this keyboard. <laughs> I just looked down at this keyboard this morning. I'm like, what's all there? Oh, there's some, I'm like, there's fucking yogurt on my uh, on my keyboard. <laughs> I never had a BlackBerry. Never did. You did you have like a flip phone? I can't remember what you had. Yeah, I had flip phones. Yeah. And Finally had an iPhone. Anyways, Dan, do you have a second story? Yeah, there's a second story. Oh, my God. I didn't mean to interrupt your news with something, but uh, it's all... No, that's fine, yeah. Dan Duran's movie actor, second story. During discussions, I appreciate Air Canada is now flying horses. I didn't even know this. There's a market for flying high-performances, high-performance horses. Annually, like like around 12,000 uh, horses get flown around the world annually. Really? So, uh, according to a Toronto Star, they, they have, uh, well, they've got horse barns at Pearson. They've converted 767 cargo planes with stalls, so they can fly up to 18 horses at a time. Wow. The, the horse routes include Toronto, Miami, Frankfurt, and Belgium. And more routes will be added as the uh, airline uh, network grows. Now, oh, now how much Queen Camilla must be disappointed. Not <laughs> they're not doing London. <laughs> Queen, Cam- you know, Queen Camilla is Charles' uh, um, therapy animal. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew that she gets on yeah. the plane as a therapy animal, but she has to wear a harness. <laughs> <laughs> now we're judging yeah, people by did. their looks. We can't do that. Oh, we are. Right. I'm sorry. Mm. Do you not remember who started that sentence? You weirdo. <laughs> I said we were judging we, people. We, you so and how I, much do you think it costs? How much do you think? It oh, costs to, to transport a horse, I, I cost uh, twenty three hundred dollars. Yeah, well, it's nowhere close, but yeah. What does it cost? Sixteen to eighteen thousand. Oh, so maybe a small anyway, pony. If you then, want to transport? It's probably a prize racehorse or something. Yeah. So that it's that's that's peanuts to the people that deal yeah. in that world. Wait a minute, Dan. How much for a pony? A little tiny pony. <laughs> I don't, I, get a point. Matters. I don't think size matters. That's what I wanted to get a long time ago. Yeah. One of those little tiny ponies. You, like before you were. Uh, no, no, adult? like, no, no. Like in, in recent times, within the last decade, I thought, well, that'd be kind of cool to have like a mini horse in the house. Like a pet horse? Yeah, you can get them. Just look it up. They're cool. Little mini horses. They're like uh, sort of a little bit bigger than a big German shepherd, but not much. And they just clip clop around the house. How are you, you going to get it up to your, you? There's a lot of stairs at your place. They clip clop up the stairs, Dan. Doesn't doesn't <laughs> doesn't Arnold Schwarzenegger have one of yeah. those? I, I yeah, want, like, yeah, but maybe not. He's he's got a, on the bigger side of the mini horses, but they're sweet. That was weird. I saw that video where the thing was like walks into the kitchen and yeah. it's nosing around at the table. Like, eesh. doesn't he also have a donkey though? He's got like a full well, size donkey. donkey. I don't know. Or a goat or something. I don't know. Can you can you house train a, a, yeah. a horse? Apparently you can. Um, Dan Duran's news today. Well, also that Jeffrey Kilborn email uh, brought to you by our email sponsor, Palma Pasta. Over 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees. I mean, come on, fellas. Just heat and eat. 
As you may or may not know, there's four locations. One in Oakville, three in Mississauga, and it features their signature store, Palma's Kitchen. If you haven't been there for a while, you got to revisit it. If you've never been there, just put aside a few hours because you're going to be... It's like a world of food wonder. All It's just really amazing. Palmapasta.com. Nothing but the finest ingredients sourced from Italy. Palmapasta.com. All right, is that enough show? Have we done enough show for people? Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow, let's talk a little bit about the uh, new Foo Fighters drummer, which I thought was cool. Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, oh. man. Yeah, it's a cool story. Look it up today so you're ready. To, so you know what? Look it up today so you're ready this for is the discussion. Like the full time, this is the new guy. Wow. Yeah, they had a thing on the weekend. I don't get into it now because we're done, but okay. it's a thing on the weekend where they did a live stream of the band's rehearsal and they did this funny little teaser thing where they made it seem like a whole bunch of different famous drummers were joining the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, there's that. Uh, there's a great story about how uh, what's happening to people that are working remotely. And uh, I got some. I'm still aggravated by the uh, the fireworks, man. And it was just it was ridiculous yesterday. Um, but we can talk about that tomorrow. Uh, Dan, yeah, thank you for your service today. Appreciate oh, you. Thank you for having me on the show. It's always and, fun to be here. Uh, you know, again, think about what we you it, today in Dan Duran history. We celebrated you for all your quirks and your many accomplishments. You gave a. There's a woman walking the earth today. <laughs> who will go to her grave and she's got a fella go to her grave thinking you gave her the best night of her life mm-hmm. Howard she's not walking on earth she's walking on air well she's walking bow-legged after a night with a dad yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, now you see he really doesn't like that I could see it in his face there's enough show right he didn't really like any of it to be honest with you <laughs> Uh, who's on tomorrow? Is there somebody? Hang on. This is what professionals do. Stand by. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this will be good. Uh, Paul Romanock will come on tomorrow, and uh, that's always exciting. All right. We'll talk some Beatles. Talk some Beatles. Talk some hockey. Uh, he's probably got some opinions on how uh, Gary Bettman is ruining the NHL. What else does he do? I see him on Twitter all the time. He's a great man. Did you say running or ruining? Running. Ruining. Ruining. A lot of people think it's ruining. Anyway, here's Dan Duran to say goodbye and enjoy your uh, every enjoy yourself, people. Yeah, this episode of Hubble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, and our newest and returning sponsor, Palma Pasta. We read all of our emails, and we've got that Friday email show coming up. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing really helps us out. So does writing a review, giving us hearts and stars, that kind of thing. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember the greatest night of your life. Enjoy every goddamn day. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?